I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Good morning. Welcome to Morning Java, brought to you as always by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they are offering curbside delivery. That means you just order the stuff on your Giant Eagle app, and you roll down your window, and you wait, and a happy person comes out wearing a mask. Contact-free delivery. Can't beat it. I'm joined by Ramon Foster in Hendersonville, Tennessee. Are you trying to one-up my t-shirt there, Ramon? What is that? That is the uh, Shay Shay Leave shirt that I have going on right now. Oh yeah, okay. oh, of course. Yeah, I couldn't see the whole thing here. All right. Well, yeah. I've got I've got six feet jag off <laughs> to counter that. You're you're gonna you're gonna beat me on this. However, this one comes right from the heart because it's from uh, my man Paul over in the Strip District who stopped me and my wife on the street literally yesterday wow. and goes and goes. Hey, tell Ramon that was a great <laughs> column last week. I'm actually doing a pretty good Paul there. I was like, <laughs> and I said, so I held up my phone. I go, here, you tell him yourself. <laughs> held up the yeah. video for him. Good. For that Paul. was pretty and, awesome. I, no lie. And this, in this adventure I'm doing is outside of football. It is not playing football. Not been an athlete anymore to be in this world because you know we've talked before in the past where I didn't want to do anything to where I was just stepping into something and it was just going to be oh hey there's the athlete I actually wanted to be credible in what I was doing and saying so to have somebody who's from Pittsburgh okay who gets everything about Pittsburgh say something and I'll say this too because I I I talked to the young guy uh Dotson last night too he texted me and, and oh well, we uh, exchanged some uh, some some conversation over uh, Twitter last night, and I told him this. I was like, Pittsburgh is a hard city, okay, for football and the fans. You know, he was just asking me some insight on stuff. So to have somebody who is as pure as Pittsburgh as uh, who is it, Paul? Paul, like, yeah. That is by far one of the biggest compliments for a newbie like myself. That's uh, that's that's in this world of yours. Now, Kevin Dotson, for anybody who doesn't know, is is part of the Steelers' rookie class, the only offensive lineman they took, and thus the only one that Ramon references uh, from that group. No, but that's but I, I know what you're saying though. Pittsburgh, um, the love is there, but the love is hard earned. Oh my gosh! Do you know what I'm in, saying? In a lot of ways, man. As a player, as a person. As a city, like, you do – like, if you play them more than I give you three years, like, you are an embodiment of, of that city. Like, it owns you. You 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 learn to be molded by it. You learn to turn certain stuff off. Uh, and sports is, is the centerpiece to it. I know there's a lot of things, different districts that are in Pittsburgh. Beautiful, okay? I absolutely love every aspect of it. But I think if you go into each one of those districts of, of, of Pittsburgh, whether it's Upper St. Clair, whether it's the South Side, whether it's the Strip District, 
well, I don't care if you go to Wex or wherever, the centerpiece of all of those 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 communities is football. Or or this sports is, for this that matter. Is, no, it's this 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 is an accurate thing. Um I've often been told we never could have pulled off this venture in another city because there's you you there's a tie between sports and, and people that's difficult to describe to people who aren't here. Um, yes. I, I'm not sure if per capita, and I know that sounds hokey and homerish and whatever else here, but the numbers, <laughs> but the numbers support it. The data supports yeah. it. Uh, our local TV ratings for yeah. sports are, uh, everyone knows what they are in football. They're number one in the NHL for, wow. for, for local ratings. Moan, they're number seven in Major League Baseball for the Pirates, who haven't been good in quite a while now. Okay? I, no, but think about that. I mean, that, that's yeah. just, uh, you know, that's just who it, – it's, it's, it's who we are. You know, <laughs> I'm, as long as we're on this little bit of a roll here, um, yeah. Mike Tomlin was the one who came up with the line, when you play Pittsburgh, you play the whole city. Yeah. And – that's ended up being used alternately at different times by the Penguins and the Pirates because they'll say yeah. like whenever like like the Penguins started playoffs this week, so the other two teams wish them well on social media. Oh, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, and the other players get involved. Mm -hmm. uh, players are going to games. You're wearing the Shazier T-shirt. Shazier would <laughs> be like the, yeah. like a diehard season ticket holder over there. Shazier, yeah, I know. Um, it, it, it's it's so big to us, like you mentioning that aspect of it, like where the other sports teams are involved in it, like no lie. And it might sound bougie by saying this type of stuff, or it's just a phonetic type of thing too. Anytime the Penguins were going to the playoffs and we were in the city, whoever got, got the new contract or who were the oldest guys in the room, we got the box at the game. That's it. Like that was part of it. Okay, who's guilt? You just signed. You getting the box this year, or Marquise? You getting it? Like Ramon, you Al? Come on, let's go! You're getting the box this year, like, and it goes into a we gotta be there type of an atmosphere, man. And it's it's super cool and it's authentic. We've seen how much Al enjoys himself at hockey games too. Oh man, what a display! Him and him, him and Dave both. I, we saw we saw a side that most people don't usually see from those two when they showed up at that hockey game. Yeah. Um, and his wife his wife wasn't pleased with that either. But I'm certain <laughs> I'm certain that she was not. Um, it, it's weird though. It's one of the things. One of the common questions that I, that I've gotten from readers over the years is how much do the athletes pay attention to the other teams in town. My stock answer for that has always been, look, they're so focused on their own thing. I, I don't know how – it's hard for me to relate because it sounds like you're being insensitive when you say, but look, I mean, they've got a game this week against the Ravens. They're not sitting there, you know, biting yeah. their nails over what the other team in town is doing. But it doesn't mean they don't care. It doesn't mean they don't turn right. it on and watch. You know what I mean? Right. No, 100%. I'll give you two cases of that just point out. Um, let, let's say the Pirates are doing good in the springtime and, and, you know, we hear about it. There's a buzz. We know about that in like mini camp and OTAs and guys flock to the games and stuff like that. Or let's say at the end of their season, it's the start of the middle of beginning of our season. If they're got, if they have like a 
playoff run going. I think it was like two years ago they had the blackout. It was 2013 to 2015, yeah. They were they made yeah. the playoffs. But you're thinking the blackout was the, 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 the 2013 the game. game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I remember that, like, God, I can't believe I missed that. You know what I'm saying? But And then just watching it locally at home, like, that is cool. So you root for them in those situations. And the funny thing with, with hockey is this. So our seasons kind of start around the same time. Let's say if we are, let's say, four and three or – three and four, or, you know, we're teetering at 500 and hockey starts up, you hear a lot of the chatter from, like, the fans, like, well, it's a good thing the hockey team is starting oh, up. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> There's a little <laughs> triangle there of, like, y'all better get your together or we're going to leave you behind. And, and truth be told, <laughs> there's a little, you know, little, little, little jab in your ribs about that type of stuff. And because our fans is like, well, if you're not good, hey, we got the Penguins. Or it's, well, we'll just wait to see what the Pims are doing this fall and winter. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a little – we pay attention, but it's, it's, I guess, on the macro scale and not like game to game. So, as long as I'm on this roll here, th- this – the other day, stay with me on this. The Seattle, the new Seattle NHL franchise announced its nickname. They're called the yeah. Kraken, K-R-A-K-E-N. Whatever you think of that name, all I cared about, Moan, was the unveiling of their colors. Yeah. Because you had some similarities between the Seahawks and the Mariners. So whenever I would tell people that Pittsburgh was the only city anywhere where all the yeah. teams – had the same first name and the same set of colors, it'd be like, well, what about Seattle? All right, well, Kraken comes out. It definitely wasn't the same colors as the Seahawks and Mariners. So Pittsburgh is completely 100% the only city yeah. that has this. Um, any, have you ever had any thoughts on that? I mean, it, it's it's not normal. You it's know? not. It was one of the- it was told to me when we first got there as like rookies about, you know, every, every team here has a correlation in their colors and, and being in the city also. A lot of teams don't have that either. You might have right. Dallas being in Arlington and, and their hockey team, I don't even know where it's at. but like They're that, downtown, that, yeah. They and the Mavs share know? the building downtown, yeah. So you, you have that, and, and there is some significance in it, man. And it goes back to, like I said, everybody's so wrapped up in – the sports world in Pittsburgh to where it makes it tough, but it's worth it. And, and, and that's one of the things I had to, uh, on one of my first calls, uh, Coach Tom had me do with the rookies and young guys. That's why I had to tell them Pittsburgh is going to love you, but it is a hard love and you got to go about it the right way because I'm not going to say they'll chew you up because most guys usually come back around, you know, with, with how uh, Santonio, you know, I was glad to see everybody embrace him. You know, and I'm sure the same thing is going to happen with Troy, too. It's like th- they always love you. But if you, you know, stray or go, <laughs> go the wrong way, as too many people are, are, mm-hmm. are in it, you know, like it's the weeks are made off of a game or two or a series. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So Ben Roethlisberger spoke with everyone Tuesday morning. First time he's done a, a mass interview, he talked about the details of his elbow that he had uh, three parts of his ligaments detached from the bone. It wasn't quite Tommy John surgery, but it was obviously something very serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also used the plural version of wanting to compete for Lombardi's plural. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not that far removed, Ramon, from meaning on, on our end as reporters from having to constantly ask Ben about what his plan is for next season. And the only answer he'd give is basically go ask my center. As long as Marquise is in the league, I'm in the league. So my question to you, and you know where I'm going here, is if Ben's competing for Lombardi's, how much longer is Marquise going to go? Wow, I can't believe you put me on the spot. Like I that. just did. See, this is because, because I didn't tell you what this subject. Ah, uh, no, you did not. Jeez, that's a hard one because I can say this too: Marquise could play probably for another eight years if he wanted to. I, I, I definitely, genuinely think he can go as long as he wants to. One of those guys that, you know, let's his mentality is: I'm going to go into my body. Don't let me. He could. The other side of it is. I haven't answered, but I don't know truly how he feels, especially like with, with Ben saying like what he's saying as far as like, man, I want Lombardi's. Ben and Marquise's relationship is as good, as, I mean, as, as close as uh, two brothers. I don't want to say father-son because I don't want to designate one or the other, but like it's it's like twins, no. essentially. Marquise mm-hmm. is, is attached to Ben and Ben is, is to Marquise, although Ben's won championship with other centers. Like, that relationship of seeing one grow, both of them grow, honestly. You know, Marquise maturing up, Ben doing the same thing and growing as, and I think Ben's, uh, I guess, re- refreshing year that he had this this past year, I guess, to look back on like, hey, man, having a game taken away from you uh, through an injury that you can't control, it's different if you get hurt in the game, but this is something that wasn't a traumatic hit. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think that changes mindset. So with that, I, I see them rolling until they don't want anymore. You know, I think Marquise just got an extension last year. Also, yeah, he did with me. Yeah. And with the salary cap going up, I hate to say it's a money thing, but if they wanted to keep him around, it, it, I'm sure they can entice him with the number if, if possible. And I know a lot of fans don't want to say you play for the game, but when your body feels a certain way and you've been through the type of surgeries he's gone through. You better through, get compensated. You got it. You have to get compensated for that, considering what the, the, the numbers are projected to be. You know, I don't know what it is post this COVID stuff, but um, if they both want to roll for two to five more years, I could see that. And, and that's another thing, too, searching for the right guy for Marquise's replacement. 
you know, that's something that's, that's, that's got to be talked about. If you look at our roster right now, nobody's behind them that's going to do it. There's no disrespect to those guys, but who's behind them that's going to do it? And also, if you're going into the draft, Pittsburgh is going to win a lot this year. So you're going to get an early center. You're going to move up. You know, there's, I don't think the team is ready for it. And truth be told, with Marquis saying the way Ben is right now, I don't know if Marquise is ready to walk away at any time either. Yeah, that's – you know, you brought up a great point about Marquise and the, and the Lombardis and the, versus the, the one that Ben's – you know, the couple that Ben's won and that Marquise came. Yeah. Marquise came, you know, a little bit, you know, right at the end of that. And he mm-hmm. he wanted so badly. I remember in Fort Worth was, um, when you guys were staying down there, we had to interview him pretty much every day over that coy yeah. thing about are you going to play or are you not going to play? Are you going to play or are you not going to play? And it killed him. He, yeah. he, he was ready to go out there on on half a leg, you know, uh, to, to compete. 100%. And, 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 and he still talks it, – it's amazing to me that, like, as, as many times as I've brought that up with him, he – he still doesn't hesitate to to talk about it. Like you would think, no. he'd, he'd be like, "Man, I, I don't want to." Come on, really? You've asked yeah. me this a hundred times. He'll still talk about it because I think yeah. he still wants it to be fresh. He he does. And the thing is, he didn't tell us until really like three days before the game. We honestly thought he was still going to play. Mm-hmm. I know Doug was getting the reps and stuff like that, but we thought Marquise was going to play in the game. And had it been left up to him. If he could have uh, Terrell Owens, that thing, <laughs> playing on a broken leg, he would have. And if you know him, you know, and I'll say this, too, about being saying wanting to play for Lombardi's. He's said this time and time again to us. I know at least for me, and he said it when I retired, too. He's like, man, I'm sorry I couldn't get you a ring. And I know he means that uh, 100% because for a guy like him, he was not going to say something like that because it also, ben- it also benefits him. And oh, yeah. with that being said, uh, I know he genuinely meant it about me. And I know if, if there's anything that he can do, he will, as far as him co- at least competing, getting back to uh, to the show. And I think throughout these years, this last decade, as a team, um, as the mentality of it, it doesn't just happen. I think Ben is going to enforce that on guys, too, more and more after coming back after this this injury season where – even through, even though seeing them throw, people still doubt it. You know, you know, can he still do it? That's the best bend you're gonna get is when people doubt him uh, in situations like this. A polite nod before we close this segment to Doug Ligurski because, you know, for all the fuss leading, you mentioned Doug. I just want to clarify yeah. who that is. <laughs> for all the fuss leading up, that Doug actually played a pretty good game against the Packers. He conducted he himself did. very well. I, and you know what also about that game? I told somebody actually the other day because they they were like, did you get a ring? And I'm like, nah, before one gap year, then went back and lost. I've yet to still watch that game holistically. I've seen clips. I have not watched that game. And I couldn't oh. tell you how it unraveled because I was so much in the moment. But I still hadn't sat down and watched it from 15 minutes in the first quarter to zero minute, to zero in the fourth. I just oh. – you won't you won't I mean the outcome was the outcome but you won't feel bad about it I mean it's not like you know the chance was there the chance was there for a Santonio drive you know the chance was there you know it was it was you know and that's all you can ask of yourself and put yourself in that position 
to be there. As they always say, you would take that a thousand times out of a thousand, you know? Yeah. Nah, you can give me about five out of a thousand. I, I need one at least. <laughs> <laughs> Your column this week was about cheating. And it wasn't cheating that, you know, normally, as you pointed out in the column, when people think of cheating, they think of, you know, the Patriots, the leaving the camera there by accident in Paul Brown Stadium and all that <laughs> other stuff and everything. Um, but this was different. This was about basically taking – it's more of taking what's given to you. And our readers, yeah. I thought, rightly objected to your definition of cheating. I, I don't see that as cheating. They, they didn't. And I was honestly shocked by that because there's a lot – there's a, there's a huge understanding of what goes on in a game. And there, there's a huge understanding I see now uh, from people, at least the, the ones that express it, that say, you know what? Yeah, that's completely wrong. But this right here, nah, that's not cheating. You've just been smart about it. You're, giving, you're, you're, you're taking what's given to you, and you maximize the opportunities that, that, that are presented. There's been so many times on the field where I have heard something while listening to the play. I'm like, hey, watch this. They're coming this way. Or Marquise watched Dunlap. They're about this. Gino and Dunlap, okay? Even they will communicate and say, like, little stuff, like, right here. Like, I'm here, I'm here. And I'll be honest with you. Those two on the same side and one of them penetrating and one of them looping, it is amazing to know which one is doing which, okay? <laughs> I'll just say that, okay? If I know uh, Dunlap is coming to hit me in my side and I can prepare to not have Gino you know, up the field first, oh, that is a godsend, okay? And I absolutely love it when they talk because I'll just say it, okay? Cam ain't going to appreciate it, too, is not either. But D linemen are not the smartest guys, okay? They, uh -oh. <laughs> they, uh -oh. they, have, they have to say what they're going to do because <laughs> one of them is usually the smart one. I can't believe you just said that. I'm just telling you. We say it all the time to them. Y'all just go. You can mess up five times in a row and nobody in the stands will know this. But if I mess up, coaches Everybody go to the sees it. Yeah. Thank you're on, the only you're on ESPN. <laughs> See what I'm saying? So I'll ask you, did I lie? Okay. <laughs> okay. So, but they always do that. Or you have a linebacker like a Vinny walk up like, hey, move over. I'm right here. Oh, well, Vinny has this gap. Yeah, you have, I, who's got Vinny? <laughs> exactly. Or they they can't help but tip stuff up. It's it's like so many little things where if you hear something with an R word, okay, well, reverse it. You're on the right side. You're going out here. He's coming here. He's looping around. There's just so many other little things. And I was in charge of getting our signal and also watching uh, – I would watch – the opposing sideline. Like, if we send in a nickel package, okay, who's coming in? Him, him, um. Okay, guys, in this situation, we're probably going to get this. That's a little bit of studying, but there's also a lot of just, like, listening and picking up on the smallest things, man. We've been saved numerous times by them just doing the smallest stuff. Let's say if they say Rango. Well, maybe that's the D lineman slanting across, and we got zone right. So they're going actually opposite of where we're going. Big See, plays are going to happen. But this is where I think that, that I sided with the readers on the, on the idea that this isn't cheating. This is only cheating if you consider counting cards to be cheating. Like, and I know that the casinos do, okay? But the fact is, if you're that good, 
and you can pick <laughs> up these signals and you have that experience mm -hmm. and it benefits your side and you're not doing anything that, that literally breaks the rules. We might be yeah. talking about unwritten rules and yeah. like in baseball where, you know, they don't want your, you, you know, you, the guy on standing on second base to be motioning for a fastball when the catcher drops the one. Um, that's an unwritten rule. And the next pitch is going to be high and tight. Um, have you ever had, did you, did you ever have anybody on the defensive side say, Hey, what are you doing? Don't look over there. Don't listen to us. Yeah, I, I have. And I've also been a guy that walked back to the uh, huddle uh, after somebody and they'd be huddled up lightly. And I'd hear some, one or two words they're saying that will happen. But also in my article, I was trying to express this too. Even through all of what we were doing with a crowd, 60,000 plus fans in, in, in Heinz Field, okay? Imagine what the intel is going to be like without that crowd. We hear stuff now. Like I said, you hear the long pauses in the uh, TV games. Somebody's saying something that they're not supposed to. So imagine what's going to be said or heard during a game. Do offensive huddle instead of five to seven yards back? Do they go back 10 to 12 to say a play? Are there going to be the initiative of more wristbands for other players? And even so, like I said, the, the biggest one for me is the audibles. Like hearing Ben, at the, if they're playing ball, a defense is going to line up in a set that's not really productive for an offense. And because of that, Ben's going to have to say one or two words. And from those one or two words, it may get picked up on a TV copy or it might get picked up by a coach because why? Now they can hear it. So is it cheating or is it just gamesmanship? It's a little bit of both when you take the crowd out of it, I think, for the most but part. But that also could work in both directions, Moan. I mean, think about this. Now, you, Ben lines up. Nothing stops him from audibling. Yeah. Every 100%. play. No, no, one, yes. no matter what this artificial crowd noise is, it's <laughs> not going to drown out. A, a normal like a human crowd never no. and for that matter uh, for anybody who, who doesn't know this when the Steelers practice inside the bubble and actually sometimes outside too there's massive crowd noise very in. much so but never enough that Ben can't call his shots at the line of scrimmage a hundred percent of the time. I'll, I'll say this too: is I think it's a whole lot different than being outside at, let's say, UPMC Field where we practice at, and mm -hmm. in the indoor for where you have guys on both sidelines and it's more space to where air, where the words can travel to where it might okay. be more clear in the stadium as opposed to being confined on the south side or at the indoor. And, and truth be told, I mean, you can say like fans are listening at, at Latrobe, but there's so much chatter out at Latrobe. I don't know if many people have actually picked up on the stuff that we say during no huddle, too. There is a little bit of a difference, I think, from saying what we're saying and saying what we say at the line of scrimmage at Latrobe as opposed to if we have a full-fledged game in Heinz Field. I think there's a little bit of a difference there that, that at some point we're going to hear about certain teams or offenses and defenses picking up on too much stuff. I feel obligated before we before we close out this week's program to point out how much I love the fact that every time you cite a defensive lineman as an example, you do bring up Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap of the Bengals. 
Um, maybe because they're on the Bengals, I don't know that they fully got their due in the broader, like casual football fan yeah. sense. Maybe because they're interior linemen, the way Cam Hayward is, and he doesn't get his due. Yeah. Uh, in the among again among casual football fans, but it sounds it sounds to me without putting words in your mouth here, like th- this this is as tough a group as 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 you faced <clears throat> in your career. Every year, every game, two times a year, and if we got them in the playoffs, there was another level to those guys too. Oh. Very we smart. Saw it. <laughs> we okay, saw it. Yes. Believe me. Ex- exactly. Did, like, there's not much you can do to get them off their game unless you're up by 14 or more, and it's like, okay, well, well, next time. That's my approach to them. And I've even heard conversations or had conversations with guys from other divisions. Let's say the AFC West or the AFC South, who guys, offensive linemen that I have talked to who said between those two guys, I'm glad I only have to pay, play them once every four years. Okay? So my respect for those two aside from – and even you go down the list of guys. Pac-Man, really solid guy. Kirkpatrick, very solid guy. Okay? Their offensive lineman and Whitworth when he was there, very solid. And we'll even go to the other guy. Well, go ahead. Dude. You can't leave him out. Very solid guy, yeah. man. And, and, and I say that to say – they have had a good team. They got a lot of good players. The team doesn't show that. And like you said, the just do that Gino would have if he was in Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean, not Gino, I think, is well-respected around it. But Dunlap, for sure. Mm-hmm. Let's put him in a place like uh, Miami, okay. probably with a bigger crowd, you know, or, or Kansas City. Dunlap is on – he's in contention for, like, the Madden cover, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's how good of an athlete he is. Or you put you put Dunlap in Baltimore. Oh my goodness! That was actually my first thought, and I didn't want to say it, but I mean it's because I think people think of Baltimore in that regard. Yeah, uh, with with their defense. But what what Cincinnati had, uh, and I'm gonna kind of say that in the past tense, and is has has wasted. Uh, is is gonna is gonna sting the people there who care about the Bengals for a long, long time because they had some yeah. special players. Very special, man. And, and and I'll say this too: just watching at least that defense play, their cohesion and friendship and and continuity was was not to be matched by anybody else. Like for a span of about four to five years, those guys went out there and they they saved that team in a lot of different ways that maybe. Andy Dalton got more love, or they just didn't get enough love, like completely to have. And I think their coach, Marvin Lewis, probably doesn't get enough credit to, to because to have all of that in that span of years under control, you know, it, it says a lot about it. him. Yeah, yeah. It, no, he, and, he put it together. I don't think that's the reason that Marvin kept sticking around, you know. Yeah. You know, he kept he kept putting it together, and it just didn't. He kept running into you guys. That was the problem. Yeah. Uh, and, and we had – our defense had a thing for their offense. It's just how it goes sometimes. But Geno and, and Dunlap, they should be in the Hall of Fame, at least for Cincinnati. Geno will probably make it for sure at some point. Dunlap should be in that conversation because what he was doing for at least four years straight, no other guys were doing it. It just sucks because they were like a 500 team and they weren't getting the notoriety that they should have.